Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Tampa, Florida. It's time for Tampa Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. All right. Welcome to Tampa Business Radio. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you this morning. Lee, this is going to be a fun segment. This is a lady who has actually been in one of our Atlanta studios before, but now she's down in the Tampa St. Pete area doing her thing. And this is an important topic. I know it's definitely on your radar, but we should all be thinking about this. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast founder with the Caregivers Coach, Miss Sandra Durbin. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We are doing well. Sandra, before we get too far into things, can you tell us about the Caregivers Coach? How are you serving folks? Yeah, so the Caregivers Coach was really born out of an idea. I worked in the assisted living, um, senior or senior living sales and marketing. I had lots of clients who were just struggling with making the decisions about what to do with their parents, whether it was assisted living or any other kind of thing. And there's a lot of emotional, um, you know, things going on. There could be dynamics with their family or, um, you know, fa- uh, siblings who did not all think that the same things should happen with their parents. And I just really found a space where they needed a lot of emotional support to get through some of these challenges. And so I decided to start this and, and um, help them through that challenge. Now it is an emotionally charged um, kind of area to work in because you have so many different kind of hot button issues that you're dealing with. You have the, you know, you're having roles reversed right where the child is now kind of taking a leadership role over the parent and then you have all the sibling dynamics going on where everybody you know somebody was the favorite somebody was the neglected one and they're all kind of trying to make decisions um how do you do you find that to be so absolutely i was just thinking i should have you to um come work with me you've got all the dynamics down um (laughs) you it is hard because you have this relationship with your parents where they've always been the one, you know, in charge or telling you what to do. And now it does kind of reverse in that you still, you know, we still want to respect our parents and, ha- and allow them dignity. Um, but sometimes we do have to help them in this decision-making process or um, in cases of memory loss, we kind of have to step in a little bit more and make some bigger decisions about what's going on or what's happening with them. And then exactly what you said, you've got siblings involved and um, whatever, what I have found is whatever role you had as a child, you continue to have those roles. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a radio star, if you're, you know, the president of the United States or whoever, um, when you go back to family, whatever role you had in that family is the role you continue to have. And so kind of moving through those can be really difficult too, to say, Hey, I'm not this, you know, I'm not the baby who you guys have to protect anymore. I can make decisions and have a life and, and can do these things. And so there's challenges there as well. And then you get to, uh, I mean, that's the challenging enough by itself, but then you get into each of the siblings trying to kind of guess what the parent really, really wants and then if they're not on the same page and kind of have a united front, you're opening up a major can of worms. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've seen families who take each other to court to, you know, get decisions made. And it's such a huge drain on 
finances and energy and the system when honestly just sitting down and having a conversation with your parents way ahead of any of this um, can help. And um, if not, in absence of that, hopefully they have some documents that they've at least put out, you know, like advanced directives of what their wishes are. And then um, ideally, you know, getting some consulting or coaching or something to come in and help these family dynamics and mediate through all the different challenges and all the different perspectives that each person brings to the table. Now, it's an interesting time because I'm sure when our parents uh, were younger, they didn't think they'd live to 90. And, uh, you know, so they didn't plan (laughs) accordingly. And then for us, you know, we might live to 100 or 110. (laughs) So that even brings up even more challenges. So walk me through the service that you provide for families. Is it typically the sibling or the child that contacts you and then you start working or do the the um, kind of the seniors have enough wherewithal to say, you know what, we better get ahead of this. It's usually the um, children that contact me. Um, I primarily work with daughters just because for whatever reason, you know, um, they tend to be the caregivers more in families. Not that sons aren't. There's certainly a lot of situations where they are, but primarily it ends, it falls to a daughter to do that. And, um, and really there's a lot of emotions going on um, even for the daughter themselves. And so it's not even just about providing that care for their parents or, or making some decisions. It's also just emotional aspects for caring for yourself while you're caring for an aging parent. So it's about setting boundaries. It's about taking that time for you to make sure that your life stays in balance because a lot of people are juggling jobs. They're juggling their own families. They're juggling, you know, their parents' care. And if mom or dad falls in the middle of the night and ends up in the hospital, I mean, that's not on any of our radars. Um, and how do, we, how do we negotiate and navigate that? Um, as well as, you know, men, we all worry about what other people are going to think. And you, then you get the well-intentioned, you know, church lady who um, has an opinion about how you're caring for your aging parents and, and starts you know, calling you or getting involved. So there's a lot of different aspects, but those are the things that I kind of deal with um, in working with family members. Now, when you're um, working with them, they come in, and I bet they're at a kind of a a point of overwhelm, right? Where this is just, it, you know, they want to do the right thing. Their heart is in the right place, but there's just so much they don't know. And having an expert like you come in, because you know kind of where the landmines are, right? Like if you fill out a form wrong, that could delay services. You know, like there's there's a lot of things that are potential problems that without having kind of a Sherpa to guide you, you're you're going to be even more frustrated. No, that's very true and and such a good point because there's so many things. The rules are the rules are constantly changing, the lines are constantly being moved and it is really hard um, to figure this out. I mean, it's not, it's not your wheelhouse, just like, you know, nuclear energy is not mine. So if, you know, some crisis happened in my life, I would want an expert to help me through that. And it's the same thing in senior care. And, and those of us in senior care know that it's just, it's constantly challenging. And to your point, if you fill out a form wrong, like for veterans, um, benefits, then, it's already a long process. It's going to take even longer because they're going to send it back to you. 
um, you've got, you know, hospitalizations and just changing rules there, like hospitals um, will put your parent observation instead of actually admitting them because they've got a lot of reimbursement issues there. If you don't know that, that's going to cause you problems when you try to get your mom or dad to a skilled nursing facility. So there's just all these little things that come up. So you've got that aspect of it plus the emotional aspect of it. So it's a big, it can be a big landmine. So now uh, during that first consultation, what are some of the um, kind of questions you go over and, and things that a person should be prepared to answer when they're talking with you? So the first thing that we talk about really is uh, some background information on what's going on with their parent, like where do they live? What kind of health concerns do they have? What is their status right now? Is there anybody coming in to help? Um, you know, what kind of is their plan, you know, that they think um, is that they're kind of laying out in terms of caring for their parent. And so we'll talk through those things and then I can help with some suggestions if there's some things that I see like, oh, have we thought about this or can we try this? Um, so we'll get through just that background information so that I can understand where their pain points are and what's frustrating them the most. And then we get to the emotional aspects of it of, Let's get this crisis under control. Let's get whatever's happening um, kind of to a space where we can all be comfortable. And then let's start dealing with the emotional aspects of all of the pieces that you have going on in your life, like with your family, with your parents, you know, with your job, and how can we find balance in each of those areas? Sandra, this is uh, Stone. I've been listening in on your conversation, and um, I'm ready to talk about me for a minute. Can we do that? Okay. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Uh, no, my parents aren't quite to that uh, place just yet, although I am beginning to see some changes. I actually have a couple of questions. One's on a totally different front. But as my parents begin to to show some signs of needing more help, first of all, I must share with you, it, sometimes it takes me by surprise because my parents are only like 20 years older than me, so they were always the young, cool parents. So it, I, I will say this. It kind of takes me by surprise when I see, you know, so maybe a little bit forgetful, not as good with directions, even in their hometown, that kind of thing. So I'm, I think I'm a good 5, 10 years behind where Lee is with, uh, with his father. But I'm wondering, are, are there things that, that – my brother and I ought to be trying to put in place and things that we should be doing even at, even at this stage. Absolutely. Um, and they're probably at the perfect stage to be having some conversations to just say, Hey, I'm, um, you know, mom and dad just kind of thinking through the future. Um, I know people in you know, the aging industry and I really just want to talk about what does this look like for you as you age? What would you like to see? Do you want somebody coming into your home? Would you want to go to a community? Is that something you want to, you know, have you thought about that? Is that something you want to decide for yourself? Like we just need a roadmap for what kind of decisions might have to be made in the future and um, kind of get a gut check for what they're thinking because they may not be thinking about it at all are <laughs> <laughs> just living their life. Um, but it is a good space that, you know, parents want to protect their children. And so coming to it from a place of, hey, I see a lot of things happen in this space and I don't want to go down this path. I don't know if you have siblings or whatever, but, you know, I'd really like this to be a peaceful um, space for all of us to navigate. And 
I would really like to know what your wishes are, what your thoughts are. If they're comfortable talking about finances, it's a good time to start thinking about that so that you know what they have for the future, because um, that will determine a lot of their plans um, moving forward. Well, now that we're talking it through, I guess it makes all the sense in the world because they both are really still plenty sharp, cognizant, able to articulate to my brother Rusty and I both exactly what they want, and we know that they're lucid and all that, and, and maybe to get that out and, and discussed at this point rather than waiting at a point where we're questioning <laughs> whether or not that's the case. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm glad I asked. Okay, staying with yeah. this theme of um, of talking about stone, totally different topic. I uh, shared with you before we came on air, Business Radio X would like very much to have a studio in the Tampa-St. Pete area. It's kind of on the short list. Um, so as long as I've got you, wh- tell me a little bit about Tampa-St. Pete business climate. Is that the kind of business community that might embrace a, a platform like this? Oh, I definitely think that it would. There's um, lots of businesses here. There's there's lots of growth in Tampa in particular. Um, and it's a so it's a growing community. It has, contrary to popular belief, it does have a young population um, in both St. Petersburg proper and Tampa. So it's a great community to um, bring business radio into. I think there's a lot of um, great companies here and um, growth opportunities. Well, Sandra, getting back to you, what's your backstory? <laughs> how, how did you um, get involved with seniors? Did you have a personal uh, situation? A lot of the times people in that industry have had something that they had to deal with a, a parent or a grandparent, and then that kind of left a mark and they wanted to get involved more. You know, it's really interesting because a lot of people do have that story, and I really don't. Um, I'm kind of in Stone's uh, situation where my parents are very young and only 20 years older than me. So they're still, my parents are still in their late 60s. Um, I, but I got into this, I actually had been working with juvenile delinquents, and was getting, I was a social worker, and I was getting really burned out on that. And I took a job at a skilled nursing facility. And I thought, I'm not even sure how I will deal with this. I don't like blood and I don't like needles. So this is going to be a very interesting, you know, path for me. But I fell in love with the people. So one of my responsibilities was to do a social assessment on every, you know, new admission that came in. And I literally could sit on their beds and talk to them all day about their lives. And um, there's so much rich stuff that our elders bring to um, this world that we just really forget about or don't talk about. And their lives were just so incredible and just the cool things. I'm also a big history buff. So just learning firsthand about things that happened throughout history that we're only, that we were only learning about in school or through books um, was just amazing to me. And so I totally fell in love with the population and the people. Um, and then I really just loved helping their families and figure things out and, um, it's just really rewarding to get to help families come to the other side of this and feel good about their uh, time and their decision-making and um, the end-of-life planning that they go through with their parents. And you are working with them through all of that kind of uh, emotional roller coaster, and I bet you really see the impact you're having, whether it's saving them a lot of money or saving them a lot of stress and heartache. Uh, through this whole kind of aging process, it, it must be very rewarding work for you. 
it is it is truly like it's amazing i love this work i love working with the families i love working with the elders they are they're just so sweet and so <laughs> and even when they're not so sweet you know if you're 90 years old you deserve to be a little cranky once mm -hmm. in a while and uh, i just think i just think it's cute but i'm i'm not the i'm not the child and so sometimes we have different impressions of our parents, but none of, I don't have any of that with them. So we can just have this relationship that's really um, nice and can work. And I'm not trying to be, you know, the bad guy or whatever. I'm just trying to figure things out for them, but I just love doing this work. Right. And you're just trying to get the, um, you know, the appropriate solution. You're not, um, you know, picking sides or any word isn't emotionally charged. It isn't, uh, you know, reminding them triggering them from when they were 12 and knowing what that that look really means you know <laughs> you're just trying to help it's so true yes our children and our parents really know what to do to trigger us <laughs> so now if somebody um wanted to learn more have a more substantive conversation you, this is one of those situations where you really can't call you too early in the process right probably earlier is better you might be able to do some things and get ahead of some things then rather than if they waited to the last minute. Right. Right. I mean, obviously the longer you wait, the more challenging it becomes, but um, there is no bad time to be in touch and, and the earlier, the better, just because it'll save you a lot of heartache later on. But it's sort of like, I always equate this to um, parents having you know, the talk with their teenagers. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's like we want to put off having this talk with our parents uh, because it's uncomfortable. I mean, where most of us are raised to not talk about finances. Um, you know, our parents were the people who were in, in charge and who were the ones that told us what to do. And this dynamic shift about wanting to know about some of their personal life and their financial situation and things like that is as uncomfortable as having, you know, the other talk. Um, but it is necessary. And when we don't do that, then we find ourselves in crisis and trying to dig out of all of these things. So I'm okay with either, but my recommendation is to have, you know, that conversation with your parents sooner rather than later so that you're not stuck in crisis because that is not the best time to be making decisions. Right. It's better to be proactive than reactive. When you're reacting to a crisis, now your choices are limited, whereas if you kind of get ahead of it, you have a lot more choices in the matter. Absolutely. All right. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what's the website? What are the best coordinates? Okay. So it's thecaregiverscoach.org is my website. And um, my other contact information is on there, but it's my email is hello at thecaregiverscoach.org, and my phone number is 864-625-1460, and then I also have a public Facebook page called The Caregiver's Coach. Well, Sandra, it has been great talking to you, and thank you so much for your work. It's so important, and the impact you're having with families, I mean, it, it is very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. All right, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Tampa Business Radio.